Welcome. You are listening to SIB Life Church Sermon Audio Podcast. If you would like to know about SIB Life, including our online service time, you can join us online at siblife.my. Welcome home to all of you who are tuning us uh, with us online. Also for those of you who are here. Yeah, and um, shout out to all our SIB Life family members in Lumut, in Toronto, and those of you who are joining us from Sabah, Sarawak, Singapura, Singapore, or Indonesia, wherever you are, welcome home, welcome home, yeah. So again, let me just remind you guys, you still have the chance to join us here every Sunday. Please fill up the registration form, and we will help you to secure your seat, right? Okay, now... Before I continue, let us uh, commit this time to the Lord. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Father God, thank you for this opportunity. Once again, it's a privilege for us to be here physically at your house, Lord Father God, and also joining online, Lord Father. We know that this is a privilege, Lord Father God. There are many believers out there, Lord Father God, who are being persecuted. They don't have the chance to gather. They don't have the chance, Lord Father God, to be in this environment, Lord Father. So, Lord, we are thankful, Lord Jesus, for this opportunity. Lord, as we listen to your word today, help us, oh Father God, touch our hearts, our mind, our spiritual ears, Lord Father, so that we can really catch your word, because we know your word is the truth, your word will set us free. Thank you, Father. We commit today to your hand in Jesus' name, and all God's people say, Amen, Amen, Hallelujah. You know, there's no pastor that mentioned about... Um, King David, you know, I remember this particular verse, Psalm chapter 84, verse 10. Better are they in your courts than a thousand anywhere else. I would rather stand at the threshold or the gate of the house of my God than live in the tents of wicked people. Can I hear amen? You know, there's one song, you know, in, in, in Indonesian song, uh, You know, that, that song, like, wow, that is... Let me tell you, this is one of my favorite passages in the Bible, and a passage that reminded me why I go to church, you know, why we go to church, and why I will continue to go to church today, yeah? My kids, come on, I mean, being a father, you know, my kids ask me, Daddy, why you go to church alone? Like, oh, can you imagine that? Like, all this while, right? We have, like, the kids, you know, life kids, if you've been with us before the pandemic, we pray for the life kids, and then... By the way, for those of you, all the kids are grown up, okay? They're getting married soon. Just, just, in, just, just you, know, <laughs> you know, you miss it, you know? So, and I remember like, wow, the feeling of being in God's presence, in God's house. I don't know about you, yeah? I'm so excited every Sunday now, and then thank God, puji Tuhan, ada kesempatan, this opportunity to gather in church. Once again, thank you so much for those of you who are here, present in uh, Ifsud, okay? Those of you at home, if you're in Klang Valley, or if you're coming to KL for holiday, or I don't know, just join us, all right? Okay, now, it is better to be in God's presence than elsewhere, amen? Yeah, um, for the past few weeks, myself and Pastor Dan, we've been preaching about God's pattern of worship. We're not talking about song or the style, the rhythms, no, no. God's pattern of worship that it was being presented, being given to Moses, you know, God giving the instruction like this is how you build a tabernacle, yeah. God's instruction to Moses is, God instructed Moses on how to build a tabernacle whereby it is, it will become a place, tempat, place for him to dwell among his people, right. You know, last week, Pastor then taught us about the significance of the curtain yeah, that separates the whole Holy of Holies from the other part of the tabernacle. All right? Yeah? You can see that. You know, if you missed that sermon, come on. Go and uh, after this service, go and refer to that video. It's the last week, right? But if you're first time with us, you've been wondering, huh? What, is, what, what, you, what are you preaching about Exodus? We are basically right now, we are in the book, uh, we are studying, we are preaching from the book of Exodus. Amazing. All right? So, Pastor Dan taught us about the significance of the curtain. Remember the color? Um, not purple. Uh, scarlet. Yeah, oh my goodness, the color. <laughs> Which is, yeah, some of our favorite color. All right, okay. Yeah, so, so here's the thing. And then last few weeks, if you remember, I touched 
on the significance of the Ark of Covenant, the table of the showbread, the menorah, which is the, uh, the, the lampstand, and the table of incense. And then these four items of uh, furniture was located in the temple itself, in the, in the tabernacle, right? And these items, all these furniture, leads us to Jesus Christ. Yeah, if you miss that, again, go and refer to the, Bible, uh, to the, to the sermons, uh, videos that we preached a few weeks ago. Now, today, I'm going to continue with the remaining two furniture, two, two items that was positioned at the courtyard. And these two items, again, points us to Jesus Christ. Can you hear amen? Yeah? Which is what? These two items, the altar of sacrifice or the brazen or the, the bronze, you know, depends on what translation you're using. Okay, the brazen, the bronze, brass, uh, altar of sacrifice, and the bronze lever or basin. Now, for some people, studying the Old Testament, okay, Mumblajari, Pujanjan Lama, Old Testament, especially the book of um, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, you know, is a boring thing. Come on, just be honest. Like, okay, I'm honest. When, when, when I was young, you know, growing up in a Christian family, when it comes to like Exodus, Leviticus, all the rules, all those like detailed stuff, I said like, what? Why, are we need, why do we need to read this? We are the people of the New Covenant, New Testament, amen? What? Why do we need to read the Old Testament? I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one, okay? But if, if you are not like me, puji Tuhan, good for you. But for me, you know, like, we are no longer practicing that today. Why do we need to study it? Why do we need to know about this, all this... Uh, brazen altar, all this uh, labor, all this menorah and all stuff like that. Why? We don't have that in church, right? Some probably be thinking, why we need to know this pattern? Why we need to know all these laws when we are living in the New Testament? You know, I believe some of you don't see the importance of the details. Yeah? Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy touch a lot on order or pattern that was given by God to Moses. Are you guys following me? You guys okay? Now, and let me tell you, the Old Testament is so crucial, sangat-sangat penting for us to study because Jesus is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. It's not a two separate thing, okay? It's not that as a Christian, as a believer, uh, I love the New Testament. The Old Testament, no, no, for the old school people. No, 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 no. If you love Jesus, you will not only read and study New Testament, but you will embrace the Old Testament. Can you hear amen? SAB Life Church, hallelujah. Amen. This whole pattern that God uh, told uh, Moses, instructed to Moses, this, this whole liturgy that was established in the Old Testament point us to Jesus. Mengarahkan kita kepada Yesus. Now, let me pause for a while. Some of you probably been wondering like, hey, what, Pastor, you mentioned about what? The liturgy? Liturgy. You know? Um, now, the word liturgy is not in the book of Exodus. God didn't mention to uh, Moses. Moses, write down this liturgy. No. Okay? But in dictionary, what's the meaning of lit, uh, liturgy? So, liturgy is a customary repertoire of ideas, phrases, and observances a particular order or form of public service laid down by a church, okay? Not only church, but other religions have their own liturgy, okay? In other words, they have a specific form, a program, an order how the service will, uh, will be uh, conducted. Now, some churches, specifically a denomination, are labeled as liturgical, right? Because of their formal and predetermined order and manner of worship. To, to some level, they even have a set of attire. On this day, you must wear this attire, this color. Now, maybe you say like, oh, pastor, we, you know, we are more modern, contemporary. Hey, I grew up in a Christian family, and then our formal attire to church, and then some of you who have been in church since young, you know, pakai necktie, you know, smart, you know, like going to be my first ministry in church. You know what? Overhead projector. Some of you are, you know, have not been born yet, you know, overhead projector. I wear necktie with pride. <sighs> projector, all the lyrics, song lyrics. 
Come on, that is the formal attire. So that is like, like, uh, like in the Old Testament, we have the robe for the priest, right? <laughs> those days, that is the attire. You cannot serve God with t-shirt and jeans. You know, those days, okay? So now, as I mentioned just now, in Exodus, in Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, it, it touched about the law and the pattern. Now, there's a liturgy that God wants the Israelites to follow. There's an order, yeah? You know, again, as a born in a Christian family, I'm so accustomed to the Sunday service liturgy. I know. I mentioned this many times. I can be a professional Christian. I know what's the word to say, you know, although I don't mean it. I, just, I, can, I, can, I, can, I can act. I can act as a professional Christian because I already memorized. I know uh, the service order. I know what this deacon, this uncle will come on stage. What is his greetings? Shalom, everybody. You know, you got that, 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 that low note. Hallelujah. I already memorized all oh, this uncle. Okay, I know what he's going to say and everything. You know, yeah. Some deacon, you know, like after three fast songs, back for a while, tithes and offerings, and then the worship team relax a little bit. Okay, now continue with the worship. You know, I know all the order. Yeah. But let me tell you, back then, I don't really understand why we do what we do as a believer, why we do have this kind of order, why we sing songs, why we give offerings. I don't know. I just know that, you know, the, the day when I serve in church, that's the order. I just flow with it. It could suggest, yeah? But as I grow mature in my faith, Puji Tuhan, studying the Word, and I, I start to understand the reason behind the things that we do in church. For some of you been questioning, like been asking, why lah this pastor is I be like a balik balik surupi gereja? Why this pastor keep on asking, register, come to church, come to church? Like, come on, we are the temple of God, you know. At, in, in my room, God is present. Amen, Hallelujah. But you don't understand the significance of it, being in the house of God. Yeah. Whatever we do as a believer, especially in church, in church. Let me tell you, it is more than just a liturgy. It is more than just a, a routine, a ritual. Can I hear an amen? There's a reason to it. There's a meaning behind it. So today, I'm going to title my sermon, More Than Just a Liturgy. More Than Just a Liturgy. Lebih daripada sekadar liturgy. Now, I pray that today's sermon will open your eyes and give you an understanding why we do what we do as a believer, as a church. Why we clap hands. Why the worship day at the beginning of the service. Come, let us stand on our feet. We give thanks to Jesus. Let us come and give thanks to Jesus. Why give thanks at the beginning, at the beginning of the service? Why not the end? You know? So, let's start with the first item which is the bronze altar. You can see in the Exodus chapter 27, verse 1 to 8. Let me read Exodus chapter 27, verse 1 to 8. I'm reading from the Christian Senate Bible. So, here we go. You are to construct the altar of acacia wood. The altar must be square, seven and a half feet long, and seven and a half feet wide. It must be four and a half feet high. Make horns for it on its four corners. The horns are to be of one piece. Overlay it with bronze. Make its pots for removing ashes and its shovels, basins, meat forks, and fire pans. Make all its utensils of bronze. Construct a grate for it of bronze mesh and make four bronze rings and the mesh at its four corners. Verse 5. Set it below under the altar's ledge so that the mesh could comes halfway up the altar. Let me pause for a while. Some of you are like, uh, details, details, details. Let me explain it later on, okay? Then make poles for the altar, poles of acacia wood, and overlay them with bronze. The poles are to be inserted into the rings so that the poles are on two sides of the altar when it is carried. Construct the altar with boards so that it is hollow. hollow. They are to make it just as it was shown to you on the mountain. So, the bronze uh, altar of sacrifice is a symbolic of our conversion. Symbolic of our conversion. Now, in the book of Leviticus, Leviticus chapter 1, okay, uh, 
from verse 1 to 17 and chapter 3 and chapter 4, you can read later on. Yeah? Let me explain to you what happened at the courtyard. The first item that people will see when they open, when they enter the courtyard, right? In the courtyard, the first item they will see yeah, is the bronze altar. Bronze altar. So what happened was that bronze altar is for the Israelites, for the people to come and offer sacrifice to God, meminta pengampunan, asking for forgiveness from God. So once you bring uh, your animal past the altar gate, you will see the bronze altar of sacrifice. So you tie that animal down, and the first thing you have to do, not, not, not the priest, you, you're the one who bring that animal. You know, because the purpose is for what? To ask forgiveness from God, okay? You bring that animal, you tie it, lay your hand, lay your hand. You know, this is very familiar sight. If you remember, Abraham and Isaac put his hand on Isaac. Abraham put, you know, that picture. You can Google, put it like, you know. So what's the significance of it, okay? So lay hand on the animal so that you are identifying and acknowledging that this innocent animal, whether it's a goat, sheep, cow, whatever animal it is, is dying because of your sin. Can you imagine? I, you know, like, maybe the goat or sheep have, like, you know, date next week, you know, and then, like, sorry, lah, you know, your, your life your ends today, lah. like, ah, uh, you know, innocent, yeah. You know why? Because of our sin. So when you present that, you know, you're identifying that, hey, this is an innocent animal, and this animal is dying because of my sin your sin. So, what you do? You take a knife. You take a knife. Yeah? You will cut the throat. Yeah? Cut the throat of this animal and there, there will be a priest. We'll, we'll catch the blood in a bowl. Now, some of you don't even ever uh, have the experience to, you know, sembeli ayam tau. Like, I don't, okay? Can you imagine? Can you imagine at the auto cut? <laughs> The, 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 the sound, like, all oh, the animals, like, oh, you know? And here in church, everything chill, chill. Don't imagine yourself in the Old Testament. Pastor said, come, let's go to church. And then you imagine all the animals, like, oh, 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 all the blood everywhere. That is what's happening, all right? You're at home, you know? So, then the priest will slaughter the animal after he got the blood. The priest will slaughter the animal, and then the priest will dip his finger in the blood, and he will put it on the horns of the altar for burnt offerings, four horns, okay? Yeah, I don't know, because of time, I don't have, uh, you know, uh, I can't really explain the details, but that four horns it represents a salvation, okay? Keselamatan, all right? So, four horns. And then he will pour the rest of the blood, yeah, at the base of the altar. Then he must burn the uh, animal's fat on the altar, and through this process, the priest will purify uh, you from your sin, making you right with the Lord, and you will be forgiven. It's not enough for you to say, like, uh, God, forgive me, uh, yeah, the other day, you know, or yesterday, or just now, I commit this, I commit this. Not enough. You must perform that. <laughs> now, as I mentioned earlier, Laying hand on the animal is an act of acknowledging that the innocent animal is dying because of your personal sin. The animal slaughtered, sacrificed because of your sin, my sin, our sin. Why God gave these instructions or pattern to the Israelites? You know, why? Because this whole thing, this whole process, this visual, this image of like slaughtering blood and everything, supposed to prick, you know, prick their heart so that they would not continue in sin. Yeah? And because if they sin again, if they sin again, let's say, you know, you already, uh, God forgive me and then everything, all the ritual and everything. If they sin again, they have to bring another animal. Like, ah, another animal. Can you imagine how many animals you want to sacrifice? 
But the Bible says in Hebrew chapter 10, verse 4, for it is not possible, it is not possible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. In other words, there were not enough bulls and goats and cows and sheep to offer sacrifices for our sin. And that's why, church, catch this, catch this. That's why whenever we look at the sacrifice of Jesus at the cross, whenever we partake the Lord's Supper, the Holy Communion, last week we partake of the Lord's Supper, yeah, it is supposed to prick our hearts because we know that it is our sin that put Jesus, the innocent Lamb of God, on the altar. It's not a ritual. Holy Communion, it's not a ritual. No, no, it's not a liturgy. Like, uh, no, it's supposed to remind us. It's because of my sin, because of your sin, Jesus died on the cross. Why are we sometimes as a Christian, let me tell you, we act like, yeah, I'm, I'm entitled for this. Like, no, no, we're not entitled for anything. We are the one who's supposed to be put on the cross. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 to 19, for you know that you were redeemed from your empty way of life, inherited from your ancestors, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of an unblemished and spotless lamb. Now, the terms lamb of God, you know, it's written all over songs, banners in church, lamb of God, lamb of God. You know, of course, there's a rock metal band called lamb of God. Don't Google about it. It's totally not a Christian or gospel. <laughs> it's really rock, you know. But for me, growing up in a Christian family, you know, you know, like, oh, anak domba Allah, yeah, music, but what is it? I don't know. And today, I want you to understand, church, when you sing, when you utter the words, worship leaders, when you say, like, Mari kita anak domba Allah, like, we worship the Lamb of God. Remember this image of a lamb being slaughtered and the blood is all over the place. Remember that Christ Jesus died because of our sin. Let me give you some points of application here, right? You know that at the beginning of this, our service, before we start, the pastors or deacon, you know, in any church, whatever church you come from, the worship leader uh, will lead an opening prayer. Betul? Opening prayer, yeah? And it will always get us, the, he or she will always get us to, you know, just give thanks to the Lord for what He has done for us, you know? Come on, church, let us worship God, give thanks to Him, you know, for His goodness, you know, yeah, everything. Now, remember, the bronze altar was the first thing you will see, right? Just I mentioned, the first thing when you open the gate, yeah, at the entrance of the courtyard, you will see the bronze altar. Before we go deeper in God's presence, before we even enter the holy place, the tabernacle, before anything, the first place that we will go and see is the bronze altar. That means what? We must first pass through the bronze altar offering a blood sacrifice for the atonement of our sin. Sometimes we think that, oh, when, 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 when we learn that, oh, God is inviting us to be in Holy of Holies, everything, like, oh, yeah, yeah, we feel like, again, entitled, like, oh, yeah, Holy of Holies. But don't you know that for us to be in Holy of Holies, it requires a sacrifice, which is Jesus. Secondly, if you want to have fellowship with God, it starts by acknowledging and confessing our sin. And I want us to understand this. If not because of Jesus came to earth and be the ultimate sacrifice for our sin, we won't be able to worship God like how we do today. And you at home, your worship is not valid because you are not in the house of God. Hey, seriously, seriously, think about it. At least we are in the, you know, house of God. Okay lah. Huh? For those of you at home, no, no, no. Online, no, no. Can you imagine if not because of Jesus? Oh, you have to come here, bring your animal. All of us have to bring our animals, you know. And that's why we give thanks. At the beginning of our service, we give praise to God for what He has done for us. We are the one who's supposed to pay the price for our sin, but Jesus paid 
everything. Amen. Can I hear an amen? Come on. Amen. Hallelujah. So if you attend service, yeah, you, have, you attend service and you get bored because the service order is predictable. Oh, I know after this, Pastor will say this. Like, oh, yeah, okay. Now, after the last song, right, Pastor will come and pray for nation. And after that, please pass on the offering. Like, oh, it's boring, you know. Let me tell you. If he said predictable, it's the same liturgy. No, and I know some Christians skip present worship. I know, because I'm guilty of that, okay? Those days, uh, when I was young, I was like, oh, what band is this? Not famous. I don't like, wait for the word of God. The main thing, I'm here for the word of God. Present worship, only for the young people. No, just warm up, warm up now. For those of you, I know at least one person are guilty of that, you know? Okay, which is me, okay? But if you never thought of that, like, puji Tuhan, puji Tuhan, all right? But <laughs> let me tell you, I've been conducting workshops and teaching worship teams all over Sabah, Sarawak, and Semenanjung for more than 15 years. And one misconception about present worship that most Christians have is present worship is just a warm-up to the what? The main dish, before the main dish, which is the sermon. Guys, having an opening prayer, present worship, tithes and offering before the sermon is not a warm-up session, let me tell you. It's not a warm-up session. Yeah? We are thankful that we have members who are come early to church here and also online. I know some of you, even before 9 a.m., you're already there. I can see like, whoo You know, you're so semangat, like, shalom. Nobody replied. Never mind, wait. And then the same person, shalom, hello, good morning. You know? This is, not that this, all this personal worship and everything that we, we, we do, this is more than just a liturgy. We are following a pattern that has been established by God, a pattern that points us to Jesus Christ. It's more than just a liturgy. Come on, repeat after me. Say, more than just a liturgy. At home, in the chat box, come on, type, more than just a liturgy. Right? Now, let's move on to the next item, which is uh, placed in between. It was placed in between the bronze altar and the entrance of the tabernacle, okay? So first level is the bronze altar. Next level is the bronze lever or the bronze basin, right? Yeah, so the bronze lever or the bronze basin, it was symbolic of our cleansing, penyucian, pembersihan kita, which is very essential as we enter into the presence of God. Why is it so important? Why is it so important? Because as the priests were going about their work, can you imagine just now I mentioned about how they have to slaughter the animal with blood in their hands. There's no rubber glove, by the way. So blood in their hands, everything, you know, like, wow. Can you imagine? Everything. And then they need to enter the, the, the temple, the holy place. Like, with blood? No. They have to wash, right? They have to wash their hands, stain with blood, and they, they had uh, washed their feet, which are dirty because of the dust, right? They could not go into God's presence in the condition because, you know what? God told Moses they must wash their hands and their feet. This is way before COVID-19. You've got to wash your hands. You know, praise God, we don't need to sanitize our feet. Can you imagine enter the shop, like, sanitize, and then, no, praise God. You know? But to enter the holy place, the holy of holies, you have to wash your hands and your feet. So it's super important that in Exodus chapter 30, verse 19 to 21, God told Moses, Aaron and his sons must wash their hands and feet from the basin whenever they enter the tent of meeting or approach the altar to minister by burning food offerings. Verse 21, they must wash, oh, uh, offering to the Lord, they must wash with water so that they will not die. And verse 21, they must wash their hands and feet so that they will not die. Hey, Pastor, are you repeating yourself? No, that's in the verse. God repeat himself to Moses. Wash your hand and feet so they will not die. So they will not die. That means it's super, super important for them to wash their hands and their feet, right? Now, they must wash. And then this is to be a permanent statute for them, for Aaron and his descendants throughout their generation. Now, what does this tell us? In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14 says, Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy without holiness tanpa kekudusan no one will see the lord without holiness it is impossible to see the lord that's why we need to wash 
the priests have to wash their hands and their feet. That's why as we pass through the altar of sacrifice, we need to wash our hands and our feet. Secondly, this passage tells us that God values life. He knows that His people will die if they enter into their presence, you know, without purifying themselves. That's why He repeated Himself twice. Moses told Aaron and his sons, wash their hands and their feet. The washing depicted the idea that those who approach God must be spiritually clean. Now, we have to ex- uh, check ourselves. And I want you to see in the next one, in Exodus chapter 38, verse 8, right? Oh, so before that. So God uh, asked Moses to remind Aaron and his descendants that they must keep themselves clean before they enter the tent. So the lever was designed to provide the priests with the means of washing their hands and feet before they serve in the tabernacle. This had a both practical and spiritual meaning. Yes, spiritual purpose to it. Yeah, it was desirable that the priests be free from the blood, dust, and other things that will defile them from serving God. Let me tell you the application of this. Okay, the washing depicted the idea that those who approach God, like I mentioned just now, must be clean. In Exodus chapter thirty-eight, verse eight says, Bezalel made the bronze wash basin and its bronze stand from bronze mirrors, bronze mirrors donated by the woman who served at the entrance of the tabernacle. So how do we wash ourselves? Because there's no uh, bronze or brazen laver basin right now. I mean, like nowadays, we don't have that in church. How? Now, many scholars believe that the priests were able to see their reflection. Okay, those days, the mirrors, in this passage, the, the mirrors is not like what the mirrors that we have right now, okay? Those days, the mirrors are actually from a polished metal. And then in this case, the bronze being polished, so shiny that, that the woman can see their reflection. So scholars believe that when the priests with the blood, you know, on their hands, wash themselves, right, their hands in the, in the basin, they will see their reflection, And as they looked themselves, at themselves, they were able to see the dirt on their face, you know, the blood, the smears on the face, on the shirt, everything. They were able to see their hands and their feet dirty because the reflection. Now, in the same way, we are going to experience the cleansing that God desires. And if you want to experience that, we will have to first understand where that we are dirty, we need cleansing from God. But how, how do we experience that cleansing power of God? There's no special water, no special water for us to wash, you know. Let me tell you. Obviously, we don't have the bread, uh, like I mentioned, it's not the bronze lever, yeah. Like I mentioned, the lever symbolizes yeah, our need for cleansing before we can enter into relationship with a pure and holy God. So God sent His Son into the world to do away with the sin. So to keep us spiritually clean, God uses His Word, His Word to wash us. Now, in, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse, uh, 5, verse 26, 25 to 26, this is very famous, especially during wedding, on my wedding day also. You know, the pastor will read this verse. But let me show you something. For husband, this means love your wives, just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's Word. So we are being cleansed by God's Word. Firman Tuhan. Next, next one, John chapter 17, verse 17 says, Sanctify, this is God's prayer, Jesus' prayer, not Dua Jesus. Jesus said, Sanctify them by the truth. Your Word is truth. The Word of God will sanctify us, cleanse us. Yeah? In First uh, John chapter 1, verse 7 says, But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. And the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. Now, more than water from any level, the blood of Christ purifies us and makes us worthy to enter the presence of God. Can you hear an Amen. The Word of God. A lot of people think that, you know, uh, 
the reading of the, the, the scripture, the word of God, you know. I know some, some denomination have like a liturgy whereby at the beginning of the service, get somebody to read the scripture. And then like usually, like, like why, why, why do we need to read the scripture again? See, because you don't understand the importance of it. Because the word of God should remind us that, hey, I'm dirty. I'm, I'm unclean. If I want to have a relationship with God, I must allow the word of God you know, to reflect whatever uh, uh, dirty, the, the dirt that is on my face, my hand. Now, a lot of people think that only those who are serving in the tent, serving in church, requires to clean themselves. Yeah? Oh, you are pastors, you are those who are, you know, scheduled to serve, ushers, everything. You serve in the house of God, right? So you have to, you know, to be, to be clean, you know. But let me tell you, that is a wrong thinking. You know why? Because all of us serve in God's house. We are God's priests. Don't you believe me? In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 says, You are chosen people. All of you here in Ipsut and you at home, wherever you are, you are chosen people. Yeah? You are a royal priest. A royal priest. We are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. Remember in Exodus chapter 30, God told Moses that if they don't do this, they would die. All of us must check ourselves every single day through the Word of God. You know, penyucian, cleanse ourselves with the Word of God. Because if we don't clean ourselves, we will die. Now, some of you will think, like, um, I'm still alive, lah, Pastor. I don't read the Bible for a few days. I'm still alive. Wait, 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 wait. It's not only talk about physical death. In the Old Testament, can you imagine the priest will be like, scared, lah, you know? Can you imagine live Instagram? Guys, this is probably my last time doing a live Insta story. I know I'm cleaning myself. Okay, I'm entering the uh, holy place. I don't know what's going to happen to me. Just pray for me. You know, can you imagine being a priest serving those days? You, you don't know what's going to happen to you if like, you know, have I cleaned everything, my nails, everything? And right now, us, modern Christian, we take for granted the presence of God, the opportunity that we have been given to us. It's very important for us to experience the cleansing power of God. If not because of Jesus, if not because the blood of Jesus if not because of His sacrifice, we will experience death, kematian. We will experience death. Our dreams will begin to die. Our relationships will begin to die. Our ministry will begin to die. That's why in SIB Life, one of our 10 foundations, remember? One of our 10 foundations is the paramountcy of the Word of God, keutamaan firman Tuhan. That is one of our ten foundations. Yeah, that's why we read our Bible, not only at home, but in church as well. You know, why? Because we are cleansed by the Word of God. That's why when we preach, we always refer to the Word of God, not like motivational talk. No, we always refer to the Word of God because we can only be cleansed by the Word of God. Reading of the Bible in church meeting is more than just a liturgy. Singing psalms, hymns, is more than just a liturgy. It's not like, oh, that's old school. Now it's modern. You know, uh, just like yesterday, I have a, uh, I have a chat with uh, Silvanus, one of our tech guy. You know, we are listening to a song, and then I said, like, wow, I miss the old, the old songs. Huh? The lyrics are like really full with Bible verses. Those days... <laughs> You know, if I don't remember Bible verse, I, I, I think of a song. <laughs> Correct? As Carissa said, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, it's more than just liturgy, guys. The things that we do. The worship, the offerings, the tithes, the tithes offerings, you know, the greetings one another, clapping hands, and praise God. It's not a liturgy, more than just a liturgy. It's not like just a oh, man, it's a Christian thing. No, it's more than that. God is inviting us to enter in His presence 
and you know in His presence. What He meant by His presence is not at the courtyard, it's not only in the holy place, remember last week, in the holy of holies. That's where we can find liberty. That's where we can find freedom. That's where we can experience fruitfulness in God's presence. Remember, whatever we do as a, as a believer, serving all these uh, things that we do, you know, the order of the service, everything, it's more than just a liturgy. The brazen altar, the brazen basin is more than just an object, uh, uh, you know, a religious object. No, it's more than that. It points us to Jesus Christ. My prayer that whenever we come to church, when you hear the song, when you sing the song, see the lyrics, you clap your hands, you pray together with your brothers and sisters, it, you will remember Christ, remember the sacrifice of Jesus. When the worship leader, when the pastor says, come on, call upon the Lord, call upon Jesus, your Father. You know what? We can only do that because of what Jesus has done at the cross. Amen. Let us bow our head right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Forgive us of the Lord Jesus. Maybe we are too familiar too familiar, just so used to all this liturgy to the point whereby we have no reverence of you, to, work, to the point whereby we don't think that it's important for us to come to church, to even the physical church here, to the point whereby we feel that, ah, you know, let those people, the pastors and those who are serving, let, let they do their job. And for me, I'm just led back, you know, just watch. Forgive us, O Lord Jesus when we see that this is just a liturgy, this is just a man-made liturgy. But this morning, thank you for opening our eyes to see that, Jesus, you are in everything. You are, Lord Father God, the, the presence of altar, Lord Jesus. Don't, it point us to you. The bronze basin point us to your word, Lord Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Like David said in Psalm 84 just now, better a day in your courts, in your presence, than a thousand anywhere else. Hallelujah. Let us stand on our feet and let's sing this song together. Hallelujah, Jesus. Who is like you, Lord, in all the earth? Matchless love and beauty in this world. Your presence is 
Hearts to see if we truly been atoned for our sin. When is the last time we ask for forgiveness from God? When is the last time we come to God and confess our sin? Are we being that, that Christian who are like have that entitlement spirit? Like, oh man, yeah, I deserve this, you know. Yeah, Jesus loved me, so I deserve this, you know. Remember. If not because of Jesus, if not because of what He has done at the cross, we will not be able to experience God's presence like what we experience today in our life every day. Remember, God reminded Moses twice, remind Aaron and his sons and his descendants, they must clean themselves. If not, they will die. They must clean themselves. If not, you will die. Church, we must be cleansed by the Word of God. If not, we will die. Come on, Holy Spirit. Don't rush. Just let's continue in the God's presence right now. We are in His presence. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we love Your Word. Thank You, Lord. You have become our one and only ultimate sacrifice, the Lamb of God that has been sacrificed for the atonement of our sin. Thank you, Jesus. There's nothing that we can do, Lord Father God. Because we know, Lord Jesus, we are saved because you have loved us, because God, you have loved us. So thank you, Jesus. Help us, oh Father God, not to take for granted the opportunity, the freedom that we have today, Lord Jesus. Help us, oh Lord Jesus, to continue to abide our life in your word. Because we know, Lord, especially in this season, there's no way for us to be fruitful if we did not abide in you and if we did not abide in your word. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. We love your word, Lord, Father God. Lord, we pray, Lord, Father God, change us in this area, Lord, Father God. We don't want to take for granted, Lord, Father God, the things that we do as a believer in church, Lord, Father God. We will take serious, Lord, Father God. We commit, Lord Jesus. We commit our life, Lord Jesus, today, Lord. We don't want to be that lukewarm Christian, but we want to be a Christian who are passionate, believer who are passionate for your word, passionate for your house, Lord, Father God. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Come on, church. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your voice. Say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Come on, shout out. Jesus. Come on, everybody say, hallelujah.
Jesus. Indeed, Lord Father God, your presence is heaven to us, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. God, we are thankful for your word today. And we want to continue, Lord Father God, to respond to your word with an open heart and with humility. We are thankful for the fellowship that we had with you and our family in Christ, Lord. Thank you for today, Lord Father God. Thank you for being with us from the beginning until the end of our service today, Lord Jesus. Indeed, oh Lord Jesus, it's better one day in your court, in your presence, other than a thousand days elsewhere, Lord Father God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord Father God. I pray that your people with a here, Lord Father, in Ifsud or tuning with us online, Lord Jesus, may their faith continue to increase in this season. May they continue to walk with you, Lord Father God. Be obedient to your command, Lord Jesus, and grow in their love for you. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, just lift your hands before we end today's service. Just want to release God's blessings upon you, also those of you at home. So the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His shine, His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face towards you and give you peace. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. And all God's people say, Amen, Amen, Amen. Come on, church. Give God a big round of applause. Come on, louder. Come on. Hallelujah. All right. Once again, thank you so much for joining us. Those of you who are in church, thank you so much. It's, it feels like really, feels like home having uh, church members here, you know, in this our physical service. And those of you at home, don't forget, join us next week for our We Pray on Wednesday at 30 p.m. and Saturday, right, at 7.30 a.m. So, see you guys next week. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. Kita jaga kita. memberkati. See you guys. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to live podcast we hope that you will be challenged by this message and you will share it with your friends family member and co-worker we hope you have a great day god bless you